0: Hey coaches, this is Chrissy, and I am so excited to welcome you back to the podcast. Last week, we talked all about collaborative planning and working together in ways to create the best plan possible to meet the needs of our students. This week, we're going to talk about eight tips for digging into data. And if you are super sick of data meetings, then this episode is for you. This is not going to be all about the numbers. This is going to be how we think about teaching and learning using the numbers. So sit tight. Here we go. How many times have you sat in a data meeting and, quote, set goals but created no plan? It's a total waste of time. I've done it a million times. I can remember sitting in an in-service back-to-school meeting where we would look at the assessment data from the previous year, and they'd say, this is how many of your kids did this, this is how many of your kids did that, and then we'd say, okay, well, we would like more of them to do that. And they'd be like, yeah, we should really do that. We should have more kids pass this test. And even better, we should have more kids pass the test with a higher score. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a good call. We should should definitely do that. And then we didn't put a single plan in place because we ran out of time or that wasn't on the agenda or whatever. And so we all walked out of that meeting basically doing what we were already doing before. (laughs) We did not address the reason that kids were doing what they were doing on that assessment. So if they were getting better at what they were doing, it's because we were trying to get better as teachers, but not because we used the data to help us do that. So those data meetings were not really that purposeful. I have eight tips that are gonna help you transform the way teachers use data and use it in such a way that it is purposeful and is actually supporting their teaching in the classroom. So my first tip for data is you wanna set a purpose for your data meetings. This is the purpose. Everyone will leave with a plan that will help them address the areas of need in their classroom at a whole group and a small group level. Because goals without a plan are really just wishes. And whenever we leave that data meeting and we don't have a plan of what we're going to do with that information, then that was just a 45-minute reason to not get to go to the bathroom during your planning time. (laughs) So we want to make sure that teachers are prepared when they go back, which means you can't focus on everything because it's just too much information. You're gonna have to limit the amount of information you give teachers during that time. If you're overwhelming them with too much data, then you won't have time to get to planning. So you kind of have to be very selective about what it is that you're gonna focus on during your planning period. Then my second tip is you wanna provide data with no names first. And maybe you've you've seen this happen before. This is the reason why. Whenever you hand out data and it it has names on it, the first thing teachers do is go, "Oh." Dylan, well, do you know whenever he took this test, he was lounging back in his chair and he kept getting up to go to the bathroom and I had to tell him six times that he had to finish his writing. You're like, okay, so Dylan has issues taking a test, but let's look at your data across the class and what do we notice? So whenever we give teachers names, they are so tied to those children in their classroom, which is not a bad thing that that can actually detract from the conversation about what happened on test day. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get to that point of looking at individual students, but if there's an alarming pattern that you need to see across a classroom, and the teacher is using Dylan as a scapegoat, <laughs> then we need to make sure that we take that away. We take that distraction out of the conversation. So instead of inviting stories about individual kids and how they took the test, we want to start out by noticing patterns because of all the pattern, is, the pattern across the classroom is that none of the kids have test-taking strategies. That's good to know, right? The next tip, number three, have each teacher bring their students' tests, the actual tests the kids took. So here's the thing, whenever I've coached teachers, even whenever I was still in the classroom, I can remember working with teachers on looking at their math assessment data. And the teacher told me, well, look at this, he's missing all the place value problems. Well, I mean, the majority of the test was place value, but I said, okay, why do you think that's happening? Can I see his test? And she handed me the test and there was zero work on it. This child had literally just circled answers. I said, well, he's missing them because he's not doing anything. He's just circling answers. So you really don't know what he knows about place value. You know what he knows about doing the work on a test to help him figure this out. So instead of targeting place value, you may have to target test taking skills or actual approaching of place value problems. It might not be the content that he's struggling with and you won't know until you watch him do it in front of you. So this is what I recommend, you have teachers take out their stack of tests and just sort of flip through the tests to notice strategies. Kids who failed and did zero work might not need support in the skill. They might need to learn how to take a test in that content area and what strategies will help them be successful. If you need a process for actually looking at student tests and noticing different things, I've got the free download for you in the show notes. So you're gonna visit the show notes, on the blog and you can get the uh, click the link to download the data bookmarks because that bookmark will help you ask the questions that teachers need to know in order to really analyze the test data and see what kids are doing on those test days. So step four, on a blank copy of the test, record the percentages for each question. And if you have time, you could even record percentages for each answer choice. Sometimes I used to do that with grade level data. If there was a pattern across the grade level, I would prepare a copy in advance of the meeting. And so I'd have a blank copy of the test. And then I would record the percentage of kids who were successful on each question and the percentage of kids who chose each answer choice. And so this can kind of help teachers evaluate what kinds of questions What kinds of skills and also what kinds of answer choices are tripping students up? Because if they're always choosing the choice that maybe it's mentioned in the text, but it's not really the right answer, then that's good to know that they're just kind of hunting to see if they can find anything that looks familiar. That would help you address that kind of test taking skill. Tip number five, if over 75% of students did well, or even 70% of students did well in a specific area, that's not something you want to review as a class. That's small group stuff. So when the majority of your kids have been successful on a specific content or concept, you're not going to want to go back and review that enormous test whole group. That's just going to be boring. You're going to bore the kids who did well. And the kids who didn't do well are not listening to you. (laughs) And so I've seen this a lot. Teachers will go back the next day after a test, they'll put a copy of the test on the board, and then they will walk through, like work through the whole entire test from start to finish. And by the time you get done, you've got a couple of kids who are still going, yes, yes, every time they get an answer right, even though they already knew they had it right because they got their test back. And then you have a lot of kids who are completely disengaged. Instead, you want to use that information and reteach those concepts, whole group that need to be retaught. And then you could pull out, once you've retaught that concept, you could pull out that test question and say, see, this is the same as the one that we saw on our test last week. Let's take a look at this and see why it was hard for us and what we know now that will help us answer this question correctly. Instead of drilling and killing Focus your energy whenever you plan for next steps. Okay, step seven. While you're sitting in that group with teachers, if you have a class that did really well on a specific concept or a specific question when the other ones didn't do maybe quite as well, have that teacher model how they teach their kids to answer that kind of question right then and there. So, in order to make this work, I would keep my projector ready to go. And then you want to have a copy of the test ready so that you can actually stick it on the projector and have the teacher model what her kids do to answer that kind of question or have the teacher share how she taught that concept or skill in a way that helped kids be successful. This is collaborative. It's supposed to be a learning community. It's not supposed to be where we just make everybody feel bad because their scores are worse than somebody else's. The idea is we are lifting each other up to the best possible instruction by sharing what our strengths are. So if you have a teacher who has a real strength in teaching kids to answer context clues, questions. Get that teacher up there. Say, show us what that looks like. How, how is it that 90% of your kids got this question right whenever the rest of our kids really struggled on that? We want to see what you're doing and have that teacher share. Um, set up the expectation from the beginning that that's the way that's going to work, that teachers are going to share to help each other become better. Because I hear from some people that they really have a struggle with their teachers sharing. We don't see that as much in elementary school um, as you do in secondary But it's something to be aware of. So you want to make sure that your norms are established, that teachers know that at any point they could be called on to share with their colleagues in order to improve teaching for all students because that's your goal, okay? Step eight, provide an organizer to fill out that reflects what teachers will do whole group and small group, okay? So this is the idea. If teachers just think, okay, I am going to, um, go back and reteach context clues, then they don't have a plan to do that. And if they're just going to reteach context clues to all their kids, but only 25% of their kids really struggled with that, is that the best placement for that plan? So instead, use a graphic organizer that shows whole group and small groups to where teachers can say, my whole group instruction is going to be focused on reteaching this concept using this lesson that Miss So-and-so shared because her kids did really well on that lesson. My small groups are going to be one, two, three. In my first small group, I'm going to have Peter, Dante, and Alessandra, and we're going to focus on using context clues to um, fill, figure out the meaning of unknown words. Another small group that I'm going to reteach is going to include um, Sophia, um, Neti, and Mateo, and they are going to work on describing characters using character traits. And then you have an idea of what you're going to do to address the skills that kids needed in order to be successful on that test. Basically, you wanna walk away with a fairly specific plan that is relevant to that classroom and to that group of kids, and that teacher will know what to do to make a difference so that you don't keep spinning your wheels and getting the same data over and over again. Sometimes teachers feel like, I'm just gonna go back and work harder. But working harder isn't going to move the envelope for those kids. It's not gonna push the envelope, it's not gonna move the needle. I think you like my mixed metaphors there. Um, Instead, we need to know specifically how we're going to reteach and what we're going to do to reach our students. So that is your job as a coach, is to help teachers make those decisions and get to the point where they are ready to go back to that classroom and make an impact. So here's my takeaway for you for today. Data is only valuable when you use it to build a plan and carry out that plan. Okay, your next steps today, download the data bookmark in the show notes, it'll help you structure your next data meeting. And while you're there, you also will get the organizer that helps you um, plan out for whole group and small group lessons to remediate or reteach or um, reintroduce the content that kids did not do well on the first time they took that assessment, okay? So I'm so glad you guys stuck around with me today for digging into data. I'm even more excited about the next episode. Uh, My episode nine is about creating structures for coaching with Lynn Mussel. Lynn Mussel was my first principal as an instructional coach. And she taught me so much about systems and structures and how you set up a, a space for teachers that it's expected that they will collaborate and communicate and come together for the betterment of teaching on their campus without those structures you are spinning your wheels as a coach and it is really hard and frustrating that's one of the biggest challenges that coaches have it's making sure that their administration is creating an environment in which coaching can thrive so i really want you to listen to that episode next week i also think you might want to share it with your administrator so <laughs> i mean you don't have to like say hint, hint or anything, <laughs> but you can say something along the lines of, I found this new coaching podcast and there's even an episode about administrators and how they support coaching. I thought you'd love it. So definitely check out my episode next week. Um, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.